in the previous ayah says that he is the one who raises the ranks um, raises the ranks of those people who seek guidance from him and they achieve a certain place in the cosmos because of their tawheed and their ibadah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is the owner and possessor of the arsh, the throne and out of his generosity he sends down a ruh, a spirit which gives a command for the world how the affairs of the world are to be conducted and then that is given to the Nabi of the time and then the Nabi translates the world the word of Allah uh, so that people may benefit from Allah's generosity the main objective of every Nabi is to warn people about the day of meeting the day of meeting on that day, the day when they will be exposed, they will come out, they will come forth, they will be exposed to all the elements of the day. Baraza means to appear and to be exposed. So what is this about exposure? When you're exposed to the elements without any protection, then you suffer. If you're exposed to the cold in the winter, then you get frostbite and you suffer from hypothermia and then you eventually die. If you're exposed to the heat, then you have different problems of heat, exhaustion and everything else, thirst and then you eventually die there too. So exposure to elements requires that you have a certain uh, protection from the elements. So you must understand what are the elements of the Day of Judgment. So those elements are mentioned in Hadith. The Prophet said, the sun will be as if it is overhead uh, and people will perspire according to the degree of their sins some up to their ankles some up to their knees some up to their waist some up to their chest and some people will be drowned in their sins and then there is the exposure to the grim reality and also the fright of the day of judgment the ahwal as we call them in Arabic uh, the frightening features of the Day of Judgment. So on that day, Yawmahum Barizun, the day when they are exposed to all the elements 
of the day of judgment. And now the ultimate reality that this is a day of judgment and there's exposure to Allah. Hmm. That uh, nothing is hidden away from Allah about them. So this total exposure in front of Allah uh, regarding their sins is the greatest threat for all human beings on the Day of Judgment and then the exposure of one another, that each other's faults and mistakes will be exposed also. So this is a day of exposure. On that day when there will be a day of meeting, okay, this will not be your ordinary meeting, it will be a meeting of you and your sins and your Lord and your Maker. And this is now the day. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala depicts this picture. If you understand the tafsir of it, you'll understand what it represents. But if you just read it, the day when they will come forward or they are brought forward, then you will not get what it is meant. Nor will you get the link between this and la yakhfa. Anyway, that is that. So on that day when everybody is totally exposed, as the Prophet said, everybody will be naked. They'll have no clothing. As I said, when you are exposed to the elements, you need clothing to protect you. So there'll be no protection that day. And the only protection will be Allah's throne. It'll be Allah's fadl. It will be your good deeds, your iman, and so on. So on that day when everybody is immersed in the plight of their own destiny, people will not be able to respond to anything. Allah will announce on that day, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ To whom does authority and kingdom and sovereignty belong today? Who is in control today? Who is the king and master today? Uh, Allah will announce this. And then since there's no one there who would dare say anything to Allah, Allah himself will respond. To Allah alone. The one who is alone and one and the one who is domineering. The one who is overwhelming. It belongs to him. So this is what prophets come to warn people that inevitably death is inevitable as you know every human being on this planet knows they're going to die ah, there's nothing more uh, conclusive and concrete and certain than death so there is death definitively and definitely for everybody post death is their life then prophets come to tell people there is life after death that's also a foregone conclusion for Muslims, and that's why they're Muslim, because they believe that there is life after death. So when you prepare for that life after death, the day of meeting, you must prepare for this day when you will be totally exposed and prophets come to help you weather the elements of that day. They show you how to protect yourself from the elements of the day of judgment through your good deeds, through your iman, through your akhlaq, your ethics and behavior, and moral responsibilities, and so on. So this is the, the, the greatest benefactor to human beings, 
are the prophets because they help you save yourself from the trials and tribulations of the Day of Judgment, which is inevitable. Mm. And Allah will announce and people will be saved according to their iman and according to their good deeds. So this is how prophets come to prepare human beings for a better life. Mm. Everybody wants a better life. Revolutions are uh, cooped up in countries in the world because everybody wants a better life. Everybody wants to shout and scream and say, we want more money, we want more jobs, we want more protection, shelter, more benefits, so we want a better government because they want a better life. People emigrate because they want a better life. So prophets come and tell people, I'm going to show you how to get a better life after you die. And if you follow them, you are good. And if you don't follow them, then you are short-sighted. اليوم تجزى كل نفس بما كسبت لا ظلم اليوم إن الله سريع الحساب On this day, Allah further exposes the elements of this day that on this day, each soul will be paid for what it earned. If you earn good, you'll be paid good. And if you earned bad, then you'll be paid bad. There is no ظلم this day لا ظلم on this day, there's no zulm, there's no injustice. Nobody will be deprived of anything that they have earned. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do this very swiftly, uh, almost instantaneously. Inna Allah hisab Allah is very swift in reckoning. Allah is very quick to do the hisab, the accounts and accountability. The auditing will be very, very quick and it will be very fast that Allah is able to now deal with so many billions of people. Yeah. There will be so many billions of people lined up on the Day of Judgment, on the plains of the Day of Judgment, and Allah will address each one individually, and He will take account from each one individually, some more than others, as we know from the Hadith. But it will be a spectacle, and Allah is in control, and he will deliver justice. So everybody wants justice in this world. So if there's no justice in this world, there will definitely be justice in the other world. And that is what human beings must appreciate about the Day of Judgment, because it is judgment. Uh, if you were wronged here, you will not be wronged there. So, so the rule is that you earn good, Allah will give you and repay you with good. And if you don't earn good, Allah will repay you with something else. That is how the schedule of the Day of Judgment will be. That is how the hisab will be administered. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will proceed with human beings. So that all human beings know that they have not been wronged. And everybody will have their time to speak to Allah. Personally and directly, there'll be no one in between the two. Except for those who are sinners, uh, there will be, inshallah, an opportunity for uh, other human beings like prophets to intercede and uh, ask Allah to forgive them out of his fadl. Mm. Not because they earned it, but because of the intercession. That is a process and a system that Allah allows on the Day of Judgment 
out of his grace and out of his rahmah. So this is how nobody will be wrong. Nobody will be treated unfairly and everybody will be a witness to himself. Allah will be. Everybody will be a witness to their own deeds and their own deeds will be in front of them. So there will be total exposure to one's deeds and one's being. And so on. There will be no dhulm on that day. So people who may get away with what they get away in this world and people may be victimized in this world and people may be wronged in this world but on that day everything will be exposed total exposure and it will be private one on one you'll have your own setting your own booth with Allah nobody else will know in the first instance what it is you're saying what it is you're doing and what is your hisab later on when everything is exposed to other people there will be hisab with other people also so that you fulfill your uh, obligations towards each other also. وَأَنذِرْهُمْ يَوْمَ الْآزِفَةِ إِذِ الْقُدُوبُ لَدَ الْحَنَاجِرِ كَعْظِمِينَ مَا لِلْظَالِمِينَ مِنْ حَمِيمٍ وَلَا شَفِيعٍ يُطَاعَ On that day, warn them of the day. Warn them of the day that is near. يَوْمَ الْآزِفَةِ The Quran says, أَزِفَةِ الْآزِفَةِ the one that is close is coming, it's becoming closer, it's drawing nay and it's becoming closer to you. Ah. So on that day when the day is closer, the day of reckoning is there. Warn them about this day, the day when hearts uh, will be in their throats. Ladal Hanajir. Hanjar is the throat. The day when the hearts will come up to their throats as if you're about to die. Mean, but also they will be now almost, uh, uh, you can say almost suffocating or choking, but there's an element of anger there in Kaadhim, Kaadhimin, yeah, that people will be frustrated and angry and they will know, not know what is happening to them, especially those who are unjust, as for those who are unjust and wrongdoers, they will have no friend. No one there will befriend them. Uh, they may have their stooges and their supporters and those who hide their faults and mistakes here in this world, but in the other world, nobody will come to their rescue because everybody will be worried about themselves. That's why there's no Habim there, there's no bosom friend on the Day of Judgment, especially for those who are wrongdoers and Shafi'ah, nor is there anyone who is going to intercede for these people. Yuta'ah, who is going to be now heard or heeded or followed and obeyed. So others may come apparently to their rescue, but their rescuing will be of no avail to them, or there will be no intercession for them, period. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this day will totally expose everything there is to expose. And that is the meaning of Yomahum Barizun. They will be totally exposed to all the elements of the day of judgment. And this is how we believe. This is our belief system. And this is what we believe in. Now it's very a kind of frightening, intimidating. But that is the purpose of these ayat to be frightening and intimidating. Because of the word anzir. Warn them. 
So when you warn them, you don't warn them, as I've said before, with a polite language. You warn them with severe language. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. That's how you warn people. Huh? <laughs> you don't warn them by saying, if you do this, then maybe this will happen. No, that's, there's no maybe. That's, then that's not warning. Then you're giving the person and the child an opportunity to go against the norms of life and society. So warn them. Uh, but this warning is for all human beings. It's not just for the child. It's for all human beings. And Allah is saying to the Prophet ﷺ, warn them. And when you warn them, make sure it is intimidating language so they, they take heed and they pay attention to what is being said so that Allah doesn't need to punish them. Uh, Allah doesn't want to punish anyone if they understand the warning. If they are careless and they neglect the warning, then whatever will happen, will happen. Allah knows everything there is about people. They will be exposed. And in this world, Allah knows everything also. Allah knows the treachery and the deception of all eyes. That when you're looking at something, at someone, He knows your niyyah, He knows your intention behind the look. Uh, that you give somebody this look or that look, or you look with an eye of temptation, eye of shahwa and passion. Allah knows that. Uh, so he knows that also, your niyyah, which is hidden. He also knows everything that the hearts hide. Uh, so if you're hiding something, all of that might just be exposed on the day of judgment if you fulfill those uh, niyas and intentions that you hide. If you don't expose them in this world, they won't be exposed in the other world. That's a rule. Mm. Yeah, if you don't go through with an intention here, then there's no harm, there's no blame, there's no sin, as long as you bury the intention. If it's bad and you don't go through with it. Mm. But Allah knows how people look at each other and look at things. Is there an evil element in the look? Is there a good element? Is there an element of jealousy and pride and arrogance? Is there a look of disdain? Is there a look of want and desire and avarice and greed and hatred? Uh, or is there an evil eye? Or is there a look of temptation? Uh, a look of desire and passion? Allah knows the uh, deceit in the eyes. Uh, if there's deception in the eyes too. Allah knows that. Allah knows everything. That's on the day of judgment. In this world, Allah knows everything also. So his knowledge is microscopic as it is macroscopic. But Allah will only rule and judge according to what is the haq, the truth and the absolute truth. Allah will not judge based on falsehood and something that is wrong and something that is not true. So the truth will be exposed and Allah will judge according to the truth. But his judgment will not be in the sense that he is a tyrant. It will be based on justice. It will be based on what human beings will acknowledge as justice and they will have to confess in front of Allah for what they did and so on. 
That's for some people. For the mo most people, Allah will forgive and pardon after they go through the procedure and the processes of this day. Allah will forgive most people through his fadl and through his rahmah and through the intercession of all the prophets and other people who will intercede. وَالَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ لَا يَخْضُونَ بِشَيْءٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَالسَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ Those who they call besides Allah, they do not rule or judge anything. لَا يَخْضُونَ بِشَيْءٍ Meaning in this world they will rule and judge if they're judges according to the evidence that is presented in front of them and if they are loyal and faithful to the system of judgment. If they are not loyal to the system of judgment, then Allah knows their judgments also. Allah will judge them too. So Allah will judge the judges. So that's how you see now. now this, uh, in, in this world there are courts in which you are going to be judged. And there is now the social court in which you are judged also, which is not legal, but it's social. And there are other forums for judging people in gossip and other places where people judge and rule each other. Um, they don't judge anything. Meaning they don't base their judgments based on the truth. They only see a portion of the truth, whereas Allah has all the truth. If you only have one angle or one side to a story, then you cannot judge. When you're listening to people who have maybe differences or you're doing some counseling and you listen to one side of the story and you don't listen to the other side of the story, then that is wrong. Then you can't make a judgment about the case until you've listened to the other side. doesn't matter how grim uh, a person depicts his side of the story, there's always another side. And then the other side, if you don't know, then you should not judge. That's in your social court. I don't mean the courts, the legal courts. The legal courts do whatever they do. And even some of them are very, very corrupt, as you know. In most countries in the world, yeah, it's very difficult to find good judges. Um, but also in your gossip, okay, ascertaining that this is the truth of the matter is difficult because you don't know the whole truth. Mm. That's at this level. And then you must be careful, obviously, in Islamic law, that you, if you pronounce a judgment, uh, that you always say, Wallahu alam, Allah knows more, and Allah knows best, so that you do not assume you have understood the total truth of the issue, especially in those that are inconclusive, and so on. So <coughs> giving a ruling on something that is absolute is difficult. So there are very few absolutes that you can say absolutely, definitively, this is the only truth, and so on. So truth and judgment belongs to Allah on that day. And we must appreciate that there is a day of judgment where all the truths will be revealed and it will come in front of us. The point for the message is that human beings must tread uh, their lives in such a way that they don't assume that they are the masters of all the truths in the world. There are absolutes, obviously, Allah is one. Muhammad is the last messenger. The Quran is the truth. 
whatever uh, Muslims believe as the truth is the absolute truth. Jannah is the truth and Jahannam is the truth and Day of Judgment is the truth and being in the grave is the truth and all of that. These are all truths, absolute truths. And those are conclusive. You can't argue against those as a Muslim. But there are other, um, other issues that are much lower than those absolutes. And then you have to be careful that you don't equate. Uh, you went somewhere and you saw something and you decide this is the truth. And those are not absolutes. Those are relatives. Meaning that's up to your observation. Your observation might be wrong. Or your understanding might be wrong. So there you have to be careful. You don't judge unnecessarily, hastily. Uh, and if you do make a judgment, it has to do be through reflection. And by understanding that there might be another angle to this issue, which I have not seen or I don't know of. In that sense, they don't judge anything conclusively. What you can judge conclusively is what Allah and the Rasul has already determined or predetermined for us as the absolute truth. That you can say is absolute. Anything else beside that which is subject to evaluation uh, and also subject to observation, analysis and so on. Those remain in that area that Allah, if he chooses to, will, will judge them. <laughs> Allah says, Allah will then rule and judge on the day of judgment in things that they differed about. Hmm? Referring to mostly the Banu Israel. Hmm. That they had so many arguments and issues in which they differed. Allah says, Then Allah will judge between them on the day of judgment. In which they used to differ. So if one party assumed it was right and the other party assumed it was wrong, then there will be a judgment there. So you don't know until the day of judgment whether your position is right or wrong. That's why in Islamic law, in terms of ishtihad, the Prophet made it easy for those scholars who are qualified to give a judgment in issues and affairs Allah the Prophet said that the one who makes a mistake is rewarded. Right. The Mujtahid he makes a mistake and he also gets it right. Ah, but the Prophet said as a fadl for this Ummah that the one who makes a mistake he has one reward <laughs> for making the mistake. Even though he's made a mistake, the Prophet since Allah's fadl is on the Nabi, anyone who follows the Nabi in his uh, application of ishtihad, although he's made a mistake, will be rewarded one. Uh, and the one who gets it right, will be rewarded twice. But that doesn't mean to say that the one who made the mistake got it right. So there, the Prophet ﷺ turned, or maybe changed the paradigm into saying there's a difference between right and wrong, 
and the difference between rewarded and not rewarded. So in this ummah, if a mujtahid makes a mistake, Allah will reward him. Why? Because he knows it is not the absolute truth. I may have made a mistake, but this is my best judgment here. So he should not, merely mean the mujtahid, the one who's qualified, should not shy away from making the ruling because he feels he will get it wrong. Make the ruling. If you make the ruling with the niyyah that uh, Allah knows best, then Allah will reward you, even though you make a mistake. So that light goes on. Right. This is for this ummah. For the Banu Yisrael, Allah will judge between them. You differ about this. This is the haqqa, this is not the haqqa. And for this ummah, we have this clause of Allah's fadl because of the Nabi that we stay under the umbrella of Nabuwa. Uh, we stay under the umbrella of Ishtihad. We don't go outside of the umbrella of Nabuwa and Ishtihad, so we are saved. Either way. Either way, that is why the Ummah says, follow the Mujtahid. And even though the Mujtahid may be wrong, you'll still be rewarded. But if you don't follow Mujtahid and you follow a quack, you're not rewarded. You'll be held liable. It is sinful to follow a quack. This one says, I believe this is very... He has no qualification. He has no training. He has no understanding. He doesn't know anything about Islam. And he said, I think it is this way. If you follow that person, then you neither is he rewarded, and you are definitely not rewarded. You're both wrong. Then the issue of being wrong will override your reward. But if you follow the mujtahid, the issue of being wrong will not be overridden by the reward. You'll still have the reward. And that is the rahmah of following the madhab. Right? Even though the madhab may be wrong in Allah's ilm, in, in the ilm of the sharia or whatever, you are still rewarded because your niya is there and you followed a procedure. Mm. If the courts and the judges follow procedure, then nobody can point a finger afterwards saying that you got it wrong. You say, well, I follow the procedure. Yeah. That's what's important. Following the procedure in ishtihad is more important uh, after everything said and done than getting the issue right. Did you follow the procedure? Meaning, do you have the tools of ishtihad? you know how to judge and rule? If you do, then follow those procedures and Allah will reward you for the effort that you are making. If you are right, alhamdulillah. And if you are wrong, alhamdulillah, you'll be rewarded. So in that sense, he would say, لَا يَخْضُونَ بِشَيْءِ is still correct. Even with the process of ishtihad, that if they are right, Allah rewards them twice. And if they are wrong, Allah rewards them once. And that is the beauty of this ummah. That the ummah understood this ruling. Now how do we judge in issues and cases where we don't know what is Allah's judgment? The hukum means judgment, right? Allah's judgment, you must do this, or you must do this. What is Allah's judgment? One of the two, yeah. 
So now if it is inconclusive, dhanni, then you may pick one or the other as long as you have proof and evidence and as long as you follow the procedure. But if you have no proof of evidence and you don't follow a procedure, then you are wrong. Then that is falsehood, that is batil. You cannot follow the opinion of somebody who doesn't have evidence and who doesn't follow the procedure. And that is how the ummah has always been with each other. And that is why the safety net for this ummah uh, is following one of the four madahib. That's the safety net. If you don't, then you, you don't have a safety net. You can just fall. It's free fall. Uh, and you'll fall, God forbid, much further than you think. So you do have to be careful that when you appropriate this ayah, Wallahu bilhaq, that Allah judges by the truth, then how does that judgment play out in the world of, first of all, law and order, and also in the world of ijtihad? How do you incorporate that in this discussion? لا يخضون بشيء So that is how. Ijtihad necessarily is not a judgment or pronouncement. It is an opinion which people should follow if they want to seek the truth. This is because indeed Allah, He is the one who hears and He is the one who sees. Allah hears everything that people say and Allah sees everything that people do. So He is the only one who can judge everybody about everything. He sees everything and He hears everything. So these two sifat of Allah show us that His knowledge uh, is all-inclusive, comprehensive, holistic. It is microscopic, it is macroscopic. And when you have this uh, level of knowledge, then you are the judge. And nobody else can be a judge against you. And they cannot pronounce any ruling against you, especially on that day when everyone's exposed to the elements of judgment. Mm. And this is how we seek refuge in Allah. Okay, from his punishment and we seek Allah's fadl that he covers us and protects us from the elements of the day of judgment and he allows us to behave in a way that pleases him inshallah ta'ala so we will stop here for now we do have uh, another session today in a few minutes it is on zakat so you will have open sessions and ability to ask questions about zakat in a few minutes so I would advise you that you stay here. Hopefully it will be an hour session. And uh, otherwise we'll see you soon. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, subhanakallah, alhamdulillah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka.